The Cindy Adams Show, 77 WABC. I am now about to speak with a lexicographer. He's from Merriam-Webster's Dictionary. His name is Peter Sokolovsky. He knows words, and he is about to use some of them while talking to me. I'm very eager to speak to Peter Sokolovsky. There's so many questions I have that I would like to understand. First of all, it, it seems to me that we have a lot of slang and street words today. Is that what goes into a new dictionary? Well, that's what's always been in the dictionary. Uh, and the simple fact is that for informal language, uh, which traditionally had been spoken before it was ever written, uh, that kind of language wasn't often found in uh, dictionaries. More recently, because informal language is frequently written before it's spoken, and by that I mean uh, because of social media, because of posting uh, on, uh, in, in, on, on Twitter or Facebook or also texting. So some of those texting abbreviations like LOL, for example, um, have made it into the dictionary because they're frequently found in print. Okay. Did you yourself, because you are the editor, I mean, I'm so impressed. I haven't made, <laughs> meant, I haven't spoken to a dictionary editor in a long time. Did you yourself ever, growing up, screw up a word? <laughs> All the time, of course. What do you screw um, up? How could you screw up a word? Oh, I think we all do. The fact is, I mean, we are human and language is a human instrument. And so it bends and is flexible. And, you know, you can, you know, as children do, kind of misinterpret or, or uh, uh, maybe miscategorize uh, or maybe even mispronounce a word. And that happens all the time. And we still get through. We still communicate. Um, the dictionary represents the kind of standard uh, pronunciation, the standard spelling, the conventions of language, but of course language is much bigger than what can fit in a dictionary. How do you become a dictionary editor? Where did you go to school? How did you learn? How does this happen? <laughs> uh, well, it wasn't deliberate. Um, some, uh, I never knew this was a job, uh, in fact, but I was uh, on my way to becoming a professor of French. I was teaching French at the University of Massachusetts, and uh, I had studied French grammar and language, but also philosophy and literature. And so all of that uh, is kind of an intense study of language when you when you think about it. And so I came to the to the to Merriam-Webster as the initially the French language editor, um, and I was well prepared for that. And it turns out, of course, that kind of attention paid to language uh, really pays off when looking at English words as well. So I've been here now 29 years. My God. So if I were to ask you in my gracious way, have you ever screwed up a word yourself? <laughs> of course, of course. Do you remember what? Oh, my goodness. Um, uh, well, I actually do. I mean, it's, just, it's a silly little thing, but I also record our Word of the Day podcast, which you can get as an email or you can listen as a podcast. And what's nice about listening, and I know that classrooms listen, they can hear the words pronounced and they hear a little two-minute history of the word. And I once recorded the entire word 
Um, and the, and uh, I was then told by a colleague that I had mispronounced the word every time I said it in, <laughs> in the podcast. Um, I'm so and pleased. It, yeah, it was just a silly little thing, but I had, uh, you know, it was a word that, and sometimes I get interference. In this case, it's a word that's very common in French and very uncommon in English, and I had been using a French kind of style pronunciation for the word. The word was quotidian. Uh, and I was saying quotidian. <laughs> so that, so ah, I, had to, I, had to, I ah. had to re-record. <laughs> How often do we redo a dictionary? Well, the, uh, the Collegiate Dictionary, Merriam-Webster's Collegiate Dictionary, traditionally has a new edition every 10 years. But the fact is the online dictionary at merriam is updated continuously. We, we make updates two or three times a year with many hundreds of changes each time. Um, and if we ever find an error or find something that is uh, important to fix, uh, we make that uh, adjustment immediately because online it's, it's different from print. We can make those changes more quickly. And in, in some ways the dictionary responds uh, faster today than it ever has. What's an error? How can the dictionary make an error? We always <laughs> look at the dictionary to correct us. How does the dictionary make an error? Oh, sure. I mean, there are occasionally just typos, of course, but then there are other things. Um, for example, new research can show uh, information. So, for example, we give the date of the first known use of every word in the dictionary. Uh, and sometimes new research shows, for example, an earlier date. So we'll go in and change that date, for example. Give me some new words besides the the, the schleppy words that they're using, like woke and some mm-hmm. of the other dumb thing. What are, what are some new words? Well, there have been some new words uh, that, for example, that come as a consequence of the pandemic. We have new entries for false negative and false positive and booster dose. And those are all things that uh, really didn't have to be in the dictionary until recently. Subvariant as well as a, as a kind of uh, term for the disease. But also um, altcoin and unbanked shrinkflation is a term that we heard it's a lot. It's what? Shrinkflation? Yeah, shrinkflation, which is the practice of reducing a product's amount or volume per unit while continuing to offer the product at the same price. So, for example, if, there's a, a, uh, if, your, if your cereal box is the same price but actually contains less cereal, that's called shrinkflation. <laughs> Listen, I'm not exactly stupid. I've been at the New York Post for 41 years. I have never heard the words shrinkflation. I heard the words that it, the price went down or it's too cheap sure. or something like shrinkflation. What what are some other old, tired, overused words that maybe you're getting rid of? Oh, no. Well, we don't we don't retire words. And that's the nice thing is that, um, you know, uh, words in the dictionary ha- sort of have to stick around. They have to stay because if it was used, for example, in a book or an article, um, even 40 or 50 years ago, someone might may be reading that book or article and it, it will be useful. So uh, the dictionary online is no longer um, limited by space, so we don't have to remove words as we used to do. Um, and it is true that for the collegiate, uh, we had to save space. Uh, and uh, a word, for example, once that was removed was the word snollygoster, which is kind of a fun word. I never um, heard it, that word in my entire whole life. Say it again. A snollygoster. And it, it's such a fun word. In fact, it's kind of come back in vogue and we've replaced it. We put it back into the online dictionary. It was famously used by President Truman, uh, who was widely quoted saying it and then sort of fell out of favor and has kind of snuck back, I think partly because it's a fun word to say.
That's a lousy Michigan type word. I mean, nobody in a in a real city would use that word. <laughs> what, what was in what context was he using snollygoster? Maybe when he looked at his uh, wife or something. Well, snollygoster it means a, a an unscrupulous person, and uh, he was referring to a journalist. <laughs> since you asked, oh, watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get rid of you if you how dare you. Okay, okay. Okay, with all the foreigners coming in and mixing into our country, does that not change the wordage that we're using? Uh it can, uh but certainly English has always been kind of a magpie of of uh of languages. We've always taken in words, especially, for example, food words that come from other cuisines. The word cuisine itself, of course, is a French word. Um, and so words for foods uh, are among the new words, and they tend to be foreign words, uh, words from, um, from Spanish, but also from Korean or Vietnamese, you know, different, different types. In um, recent uh, months, we've added the term banh mi, which is a kind of Vietnamese sandwich, which is very popular uh, in, in the West Coast, for example. So that term, which is a, a, obviously a Vietnamese language term, has come into English and has become a naturalized citizen of the language. But, of course, you know, the Norman Conquest back in 1066 brought in, uh, you know, a whole new vocabulary for the English language, including the words vocabulary and language. So um, immigration has always been part of the way that English works as a language. Do you know how long it took to compile the first English dictionary and when it was, how it was? Well, that's a that's a really good question. It's a little hard to measure because there was no uh, English thing, language dictionary at the time of Shakespeare, for example. The first uh, one that we're aware of is 1604. So Queen uh, uh, just at, just after uh, the, the era of Queen Elizabeth I. And it was a very tiny dictionary. I think it had 2,400 words in it. Uh, and those words were just what they called hard words, uh, words that were based on Latin and Greek bases, words like microcosm or integrity, you know, words that are kind of what we might say as like standardized testing words to this day. Words from the medical and legal professions tend to come from Latin and Greek. And that's what the original dictionary was. So originally they were sort of expanded uh, textbooks for vocabulary, teaching books um, that were just lists of words, essentially. And that was the first, you know, sort of uh, English dictionary. They were very small books, and they did not include words of Anglo-Saxon or Old English origins. That is to say, words like like our common verbs like go and run and set, um, or words like mother or door or, uh, you know, all the Old English words, which were considered words of the family or hearth and home and were not uh, professional words that were originally included in the very first dictionaries. Has there ever been a retraction or a mistake in the dictionary? <laughs> oh, yes. And one of the most famous mistakes, in fact, was one of ours uh, at, at Merriam-Webster in 1934. Um, there was a kind of a mistake in uh, drafting a, d a definition. There was supposed to be a, um, a chemical uh, abbreviation for the word density, and density is an important idea in chemistry. And um, in chemical equations, sometimes density is represented by the initial D, by just simply the letter D, meaning density. And someone, one of our editors had written in capital D or lowercase d, uh, to indicate that this letter D could mean density as an abbreviation. But, in fact, it was entered with a definition as the word doored, D-O-R-D. <laughs> um, and it remained there for about a dozen years before it was found and it was removed. It was corrected. It's maybe the most famous error in a dictionary. 
There was a couple of years ago when I was teaching school in Laos, Vientiane. It was not because I'm a teacher or I knew anything that was great about English, but there was a problem and I was there doing some re- reporting and they co-opted me to teach a small class. And I used a phrase exactly identical. I wanted something identical. So I, they couldn't get it and I couldn't explain it and they never did get it. And all she ever said to me was, the, one of the kids in class, that she wanted a dress identical to mine. That was the only way I could get her to understand the word identical. <laughs> you can't always explain it. You can't. You say it's the same as or something, but it right. comes out differently with people who are not of your nationality. They get it differently. Oh, absolutely. No, language is a habit and language is culture and culture is manners, right? And so every culture has its own set of manners. Every culture has its own grammar and vocabulary. So you're right. Um, it's not uh, math. You know, it's not simply one word equals another word. Um, and so context is important. Uh, register is important. Tone is important. Uh, and uh, that's why, you know, you know, we are today speaking standard English. And that's why standard English is the is uh, is the method of communication professionally for airline pilots, for example, because uh, standard English is something that it's understood, um, has been studied, and no matter what your home language is, you can come together with that standard English, but it does take a lot of practice. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Anti-disestablishmentarianism, still the longest word in the English language? Uh, you know, it probably isn't. Uh, we don't, we don't enter that word in our dictionaries, uh, for the simple reason that it's only ever used to cite uh, itself as a long word. Um, and so if it's not a word that is used to carry meaning, then, um, then we don't, um, you know, we, we don't just, uh, we don't enter it into the dictionary. And so that's just a word that's usually cited just because it's a long word. Very much like the word, uh, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, which similarly is a familiar word and yet it doesn't actually have a recognizable meaning. You mean to say that this, this word, anti-disestablishmentarianism, is not in the dictionary? It's not in a Merriam-Webster dictionary, nope. Well, what kind of a dictionary would it be in? Uh, I mean, the word might exist. It's probably in the big Oxford English Dictionary um, because, I mean, there, there are some rare occasions when it is used to carry meaning. Um, and so that would mean anti-disestablishmentarianism. That means um, a- opposed to the opposition of the uh, legally um, mandated uh, church uh, and head of state as the same person. In other words, the king or queen of England being the head of State, which is establishmentarianism. Uh, and so, you know, it's just simply not a word that's used very frequently and so therefore not in the dictionary. Well, it's hard to get it into a conversation, I'll tell you that. What <laughs> yes. It, so, okay. Are you, today, are you adding new gender pronouns? Her, him, them, them, it, binary, queer, sex, whatever. I mean, I don't know how to address someone these days. <laughs> Do you have that uh, well, problem inside the dictionary? 
it's a huge problem because identity terms are kind of the the the, the place where language is changing a lot. Uh, but at the same time, uh, you know, all of the words you just said, are, of course, have always been in the dictionary. There's no problem with an understanding any of those words. And we don't add new new pronouns, certainly, um, because the dictionary reflects uh, the way the language is actually used. We don't invent usages, we report them. Uh, and in a way, we're kind of a reflection of the language rather than, uh, you know, a, 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 a sort of the, um, the creator of language. And so uh, as new usages that take place, we report them absolutely in the dictionary, but we're not creating new uses. Okay. I want to thank you. I'm not sure I know what I learned, but I'm very <laughs> grateful to talk with you. I love the dictionary. I use it all the time. I don't understand half the things it tells me, but I, <laughs> I do love it. Thank you. Thank you very much, Peter, for coming on and speaking with us. Not at all. It's a treat to be with you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. The Cindy Adams Show, 77 WABC. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.